Hey, Valley fans, you're listening to the March to the Arch podcast. Is your team going to win? Make some noise! This is the March to the Arch podcast, your place for Missouri Valley Conference news, talk, and takes. Welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast in this summer episode of the 2022-2023 Missouri Valley Conference season. Hey, this is a milestone episode too. This is episode 100 of this Martial Arts Podcast, something we're excited to celebrate with a little Valley Hoops nostalgia draft and just getting a quick update on where things stand in the Missouri Valley Conference. But before that, Baker, how are we doing today? Oh, we're on cloud, cloud nine, fans. This is this is the hundredth episode that we've ever released. Uh, can you believe that? Honestly, who would have thought that a bet between friends of hey, you'll <laughs> never get to three episodes? Um, we get the triple digits here, Baker. That's awesome, dude. Unreal. And um, the one thing I want to make mention to, um, it's obviously been a little while since we've recorded. So uh, welcome, welcome back to the March Yards Podcast. A uh, couple things, news notes for. Me before we get into that though, I do want to mention um, I am still on cloud nine because my Colorado Avalanche fans won the Stanley Cup. Those of you who've listened to the show for a long time have heard me talk about being an Avalanche fan. Um, I just want to tell you how unbelievably awesome it was. I'm still excited. I'm still on cloud nine. Um, I, I couldn't be happier. So um, I know all the Valley fans out there were Avalanche fans in, in spirit, so I uh, just want to make mention of that. Uh, shout out to my friend, uh, Zach, who I know is going to listen to the show, uh, Blues fan, and uh, sorry we took you out in six, but that's it is what it is. Um, but I did want to mention one thing news-wise is uh, this will be the first episode that we release with, uh, with three new fan bases listening to our show, Vance. Absolutely, and I think that is a great transition is to get some of those new fans acquainted to who we are baker and so real quick hey uh university of illinois chicago murray state and belmont welcome to the missouri valley conference officially here a couple weeks back um you are now members of the missouri valley conference and from now on um hey welcome to the podcast this episode may not be for you because, um, hey, we're going to talk a little bit of Missouri Valley Conference history of uh, teams, players, coaches, uh, arenas of members during the draft. But, hey, we're excited for you to come back to this podcast as we look to dive into each and every individual Missouri Valley Conference team heading into the 2022 season that is something you can look forward to but along the way um hey real quick let's give them a quick overview of who we are as a podcast uh first and foremost obviously the march to the arch podcast it is me vance and my co-host baker um we come by it naturally uh, i am a southern illinois grad and saluki fan um i have been to every arch madness that i am aware of i am in my mid-30s and so my parents are huge uh siu fans They've taken me to St. Louis to Arch Madness, and they've taken me to Carbondale games, uh, or sorry, games in Carbondale at SI Arena growing up. So that is how I come by by my Missouri Valley Conference fandom naturally. Yeah, and um, so I've been an Illinois State fan my entire life. Um, so you're going to see, um, and the one thing, the one thing about this show, 
I know you guys think you first hear Southern Illinois fan, Illinois State fan. We do. We try to do our best to uh, keep our bias out of this. Obviously, we're going to be excited when our team does well. But I, th- I think Vance and I pride ourselves on doing the best possible job we can to kind of stay as unbiased as we can. But back to my story, uh, been an Illinois State fan for years. Um, it's actually been 27 years in a row that I've been to a game at RBA, uh, dating back even through COVID, which uh, is a fun story that I'd love to tell if you ever uh, run into me, but um, it's been, uh, it's been an awesome, uh, I've been, been a fan of the league, been to a handful of Arch Madness, not as many as Vance, but um, how the podcast actually started though, um, you know, we, uh, we were in the same kind of uh, lunch group and uh, a little, uh, a little bet to, uh, to get a podcast started because we were the only two real big Valley fans uh, kind of took off into a, uh, a show that you guys are listening to now. I think we put the, uh, the over under at eight episodes Vance and uh, us releasing our 100th episode right now is pretty wild. So um, I think we, we definitely got ahead of that. But um, welcome, Murray, uh, Murray Belmont in Illinois, Chicago. Uh, welcome, fans, to the podcast. You guys will definitely hear uh, more coverage, not this episode, unfortunately, for you. But as we keep going, you're going to hear more about your teams. Um, we're going to do a full preview on each one of your teams. Um, you're going to have plenty of interviews. We've already had a handful of Murray, uh, Murray Belmont and UIC interviews already. Um, we're going to, we have a few upcoming that we've already kind of know about. Um, so you definitely can, can watch out for that, but, um, you're, you're part of the Valley now, so you're going to get the same, same treatment as everybody else. And, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, especially engaging with a lot of you fans out there that, that I haven't had a chance to yet. Um, uh, I've, I've heard your fan bases are all great. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to it, uh, going forward here, Vance. Same here. Couldn't have said it better. Really looking forward to diving into those teams and welcoming you all to the Missouri Valley Conference. Hey, along those lines, you know, I only had a a couple of news and noteworthy things here, Baker, before we jump into the draft where we brought in some big guns, uh, some friends we've made along the way with this podcast, which is what's awesome about creating a Missouri Valley Conference podcast is all of the great fans from other schools that are not Southern Illinois and Illinois State. But um, in Valley news, um, other than welcoming those three schools to the Valley. A um, couple announcements that uh, pertain to, to the college basketball side of the MVC is, um, hey, we it's official. It's going to be a full day of hoops on Thursday. It's not just a night session anymore. <laughs> and so Arch Madness in 2023, full day of basketball Thursday, full day of basketball Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday with the championship on CBS. Really looking forward to that new format. And that is set in stone. Any reaction there, Baker? Yeah, um, we're going to have to take another full day off of work um, on that Thursday now, so just a half a day. Uh, but it's going to be all worth it because, I mean, you think about the electricity on that Thursday, Vance, when the 8-9 game, tip, the eight, nine game tips off at noon. We're going to have a 5-12 game for the first time. I'm super excited about it. I think that um, especially because we've seen over the years that uh, the quality of this league, you know, usually that seven seed in the past, I don't know, hand five years or so, the seven seed has usually been pretty solid. It's always been one team that kind of got relegated to Thursday, but was still really good, you know, whether it was Northern Iowa a couple of years ago or what have you. Um, but you're going to have, you're going to have like five or six really good teams playing on that Thursday, trying to get their way to the next day. And it'll be interesting to see more teams playing those Thursday teams. Um, you're going to have four teams that are sitting there waiting. I don't know if that's an advantage or disadvantage for any of those teams. And, you know, we'll, we'll start to see kind of how, what the new value looks like, but I'm all for it. I'm excited. Um, other than the fact that I've taken a little bit more PTO, but there's nothing wrong with that. And the second thing here is that it's official. It will be a 20 game uh, Missouri Valley conference schedule. 
um, up two games from 18, and that's to accommodate the additional teams. So a little bit of different format that we're not accustomed to. And so looking forward to seeing how that plays out, how which teams get to play each other twice, um, and so on and so forth. So looking forward to that coming down uh, when the conference uh, schedule is announced. Vance, I the one th- I think I'm, I think the jury's out for me on that. Just uh, as I've been thinking about the the schedule, um, I I don't know how they're going to do it. So I don't want to I don't want to sit here and tell you know I'm 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 already mad. I'm already frustrated about it. Um, I think twenty is the right number for number one. Um, but the only thing I'm I, I want to make sure that they do, which I'm I'm guessing they will, but I don't. But we haven't seen it yet, so I'm a little a little nervous about it. I hope they keep the rivalries intact. And when I say that, I mean like Drake and Northern Iowa need to play two. Bradley and Illinois State do not need to play. They got to have two games. Southern needs to play Illinois State and Bradley twice. I mean, those those rivalry games, you know what I'm saying? Like Indiana State, Evansville, those teams need to be playing each other twice. If there's, if there's a team that has a rivalry, I, I just want them to make sure to keep those intact. Absolutely. Does that make sense? And, oh, yeah. I mean, that has to happen, I, I think. And I think it's a no-brainer that – it's going to, they're going to do it um, the best they can, ensuring the proximity and travel um, is equitable across the conference. But I think most of those rivalries are built in from a proximity uh, perspective. So no concerns here, but yeah, that would be the only thing that could quickly polarize some fans out there. Well, well, the one thing I was thinking was like, I know a lot there's, I think in big 10 football, is it, or maybe it's big 10 basketball. They have like the, they have like each team has like two rivalry games where like, say you're Illinois state, you would always play Southern Illinois Bradley, no matter what. And then the rest of your schedule gets made out by the rest of the pool. And so like each team would have their own, like, you know, these two games will happen no matter what, but, and like in football, I think it's these two teams you'll play. And then the rest of the schedule will be made out with what's left. So what I'm doing, I'm hoping is, um, and I, and I, I don't know why they wouldn't, but I would, I'm just hoping that that's kind of how they follow things where like, you know, Illinois state, Southern Illinois and Bradley, I mean, all three of those teams are playing home and homes. Um, yeah. I, I, I think that's kind of a no brainer Drake in Northern Iowa. I mean, it would stink if, if Drake had a home game as Northern Iowa, but they didn't have to get to go back to Cedar Falls. That would be so unfair for the Northern Iowa fans. So, um, let's hope that everything works out, but back to the number of 20, I think that's the perfect number man. So I don't, do you have any other thoughts on that? Nope, no other thoughts. And those are the two main things uh, I had top of mind for myself. Uh, looking ahead to um, future episodes and what fans can look out for is we will get into rosters, we'll get into turnover. Heck, we might even scratch the surface on NIL and just general thoughts around that. But uh, this is an episode to have a little bit of fun. And we're looking forward to this next segment in which we bring in Nick McCarger, Drake fan. And then also Tony Segetti, a Bradley fan, along with myself and Baker. And we are going to do a Missouri Valley Conference snake draft. Um, Listen in for more of this draft. All right, Valley fans, it's the summer episode where a lot of podcasts do some fun programming notes for their listeners, and the Martial Arts Podcast is no different, but Baker and I had to call in some friends because we are going to do a Missouri Valley Conference snake draft, and we have two friends of the show, you know them, and if you follow us on Twitter, you've seen us interacting with them, and they have been guests on this show before, so along with Baker and myself, we have Nick McCarger from the Drake Bulldogs, representing the fandom of the Drake Bulldogs. 
and Tony Segetti, uh, representing the Bradley fandom. Boys, how are we doing tonight? I mean, what what more could you ask for? I mean, we're we're talking we're talking NBC hoops in July. I mean, it's pretty much you know halfway to Christmas in my mind. So um, excited, Tony. How about you? Couldn't have said it better myself. We got Valley hoops to talk about. We got non-conference schedules coming out. It's it's uh, not, nothing more we could ask for. We tease it a little bit at the top of the show. Um, we're not getting into a ton of details tonight because we got a draft to do, but. Real quick, um, boys, we have hung out at Arch Madness since we've been doing this podcast. It's what brought us together. Uh, some days I sometimes wish that it didn't bring us together, and I'm alluding to the group messaging that's been going on all uh, this week. But real quick reactions. Um, hey, we have an entirely additional full day of Arch Madness basketball, and that is a full Thursday in the loo. Quick reactions from uh, Nick and Tony. Um, yeah, I mean, I obviously staying out of Thursday is even more important, right? Um, only the top four teams are going to get a buy. So, um, you know, staying out of that spot, you figure you're going to have eight teams that are going to play that extra game now. So uh, a lot of basketball is going to be played. It's going to be nice to have a full Thursday, you know, morning slash afternoon and evening. So that'll be new. And, um, you know, I, I think it'll be good for the conference. And obviously the teams we're bringing in are super strong and, and have great followings as well. So I, I couldn't be more excited for it. See, it's funny, Nick, you, you jumped straight to the basketball. When I, when I hear the first, we got the four full days now, I'm thinking, I don't know if I can handle an entire Thursday's worth of drinking on top of everything that I already do that weekend. That's, I, I'm going to have to do some like training going into it or something. Cause that's, that's I, I'm going to have Sunday scaries for sure on the way back. That's an animal of a weekend right now. Some people train for like Ironmans, marathons, Spartan runs. You can go ahead and train for, you know, the, the 2023 NBC tournament weekend. So go ahead and, and uh, start getting your beer miles in and, um, you know, getting your tolerance up. I actually ran a beer mile just a couple of days ago. They had one in Peoria, Peoria sponsored. Yeah, I saw it. You won it. It was fixed. We'll talk about that later. I, hey, to be, I did, I didn't win it. I just won amongst my friend group, the very small faction of friends that we had participating, but there were many, many people that put up significantly better times than I did. What was your time? Uh, I think it was an eight fourteen. That's pretty good. I couldn't run an eight fourteen sober right now. So congratulations. That's, <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> All right. right. I'm honest hey. to a fault. <laughs> all right i love it this is the banter you uh come to know and love in the march Arch podcast and the summertime episode is no stranger to that and so let's get into the missouri valley conference snake draft for those of you listeners that maybe don't know what it is um and those of you that do it's very similar to other podcasts that um you know find some fun programming during the summer and they draft uh certain you know fun events and so we're going to make this missouri valley conference related and so the parameters of the draft are you have to draft five categories at any time it's not like round one is this category round two is this category you can draft them at any time you just have to draft one from each of these five categories the second parameter is whatever you draft has to be in relation to the Missouri Valley conference while they were members of the conference that co that could come into play with some draft choices. But these are the parameters I provided 
Baker, Nick, and Tony. And so, listeners, here are the five draft categories for this summer draft. So each of us will be drafting a all-time Missouri Valley Conference player, an all-time coach, an all-time arena in the Missouri Valley Conference, an all-time team, single-season team, and then an arch madness moment over all of the years in St. Louis. So once again, the five categories we'll be selecting for are player, coach, arena, single season team, and arch madness moment. And so the draft order has already been randomly selected and communicated to those out there that are on this call. And so the draft order will be Nick at the one spot, Baker at the second spot, Vance at the third, and then uh, Tony at the fourth, and then it will be a snake draft, so we will wrap around. Um, and so basically, Tony will be the fourth and the fifth pick. That is how this snack, snake draft will occur. Before we get into it, any questions before we jump into the first overall pick from Nick? All right, Nick. You are officially on the March to the Arch snake draft clock. Yeah, uh, you know, this one took a lot of thought, as we're all <laughs> well aware. I mean, this guy, he's, he's very uh, under the radar, not well known. They only have the player of the year trophy named after him. I have to take Larry Bird. I mean, the guy, the guy in three years, two-time All-MVC, two-time first team, three-time All-American, NBC Hall of Fame, Naismith Hall of Fame, uh, National Player of the Year in 79. He's third in scoring all time. He's fourth in career rebounds, and he's sixth in career MVC steals. And people forget there was no three-point line, and there was um, – freshmen did not play varsity college basketball. So he should actually be a three-time All-NBC, three-time MVC first-team player, but, you know, he played uh, three years instead of four. Um Larry Burt. And I mean, it's just the, the trophy's named after him for a reason. So, you know, obviously not a sexy pick. It was an obvious pick, but that's just who you got to go with. And by the way, he averaged 30 points and I think 14 rebounds for a career with like four or five assists. So not, not bad for a career. Love it. Um, did anyone not have Larry Bird as the unanimous uh, one overall? I think there's a 1A and a 1B and you're about to find out 1B. Oh, let's hear it. But go ahead. No, Nick, well done with the uh, facts thrown out there. Uh, I like the preparation you brought. But now that I'm on the clock here with pick number two, uh, the great team that uh, Baker will lead will take 1B, even though I thought about going off the, off the reservation here with what you picked, but we're going we're gonna to stick with it. I am going to go with the 1978-79 Indiana State Sycamores, the only Missouri Valley Conference team to make the national championship game. They went undefeated up until that game. I mean, it's the best Valley team of all time record-wise. Uh, it's the obvious second choice. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Baker with the 78-79 ISU Sycamores. Um, I am ecstatic that uh, – I, I honestly thought one and two were going to go a different way, so I, I'm pretty happy whenever uh, this person dropped to – Which means your draft up. board is bad. Okay, yeah. that's fair. <laughs> um, so I am going to take um, at the number 
third pick, I'm going to take Oscar Robertson of the Cincinnati Bearcats at third overall. Um, you know, there's a lot of methodology with this one, but similar to Nick, uh, here's some stats here. He's three-time All-MVC, three-time first-team All-American. Um, he was a Naismith and a NABC Hall of Famer, and he was a three-time National Player of the Year, number two in scoring, number three in rebounding. Um, he, I mean, and it, it's uh, one, it's not MVC related, but the most outstanding college basketball player by the United States Basketball Writers Association is named after him. It is the Oscar Robertson trophy. Um, I am taking Oscar Robertson uh, from Cincinnati at number three. And that was actually, that was so, you know, I, I said that my pick was obvious, but I actually went back and forth between those two guys and Oscar Robertson I mean, obviously, you know, played at Cincinnati and, and was, you know, quite quite some time ago, but probably the most underrated name in basketball in general at any level of all time. So that's a great pick. Absolutely. Tony, you are on the clock for two picks here. Okay. So I'm I may be looking at this in a slightly different way because I there were three or four players that I liked. There were a lot of there were a lot of teams that I liked. When I was looking at coaches and I kind of evaluated everyone I was looking at there, there was really only one person that I thought that stood above everyone else. And I was hoping that he would fall to me because he was really the only one that I wanted. And that's Dana Altman. So I want Dana Altman as my, my next coach. When you, when you look at what he did in the Missouri Valley and then what he's done at Oregon over the past uh, 10, 12 years, I'm not sure how long he's been there but he's got a final four at Oregon. When he was at Creighton, he had six MVC tournament championships, three regular season championships, multiple sweet 16s, at least one or two elite eights. I think when, when you kind of stack him up with all the other coaches that have been in the Missouri Valley over the years, I think that Dana Altman kind of stands above the rest. And so that's, that's who I'm going with my first pick. And then my second pick, I'm going to go ahead and, begrudgingly take the 2013-2014 Wichita State Shockers. They went 35-1, and one, undefeated in the regular season. Clee Anthony Early was, I think, a second-team All-American, maybe third-team All-American. Um, Fred Van Vliet, Ron Baker, Takeo Cotton, they had multiple NBA players. They got screwed by getting drawn with Kentucky in the second round in a game that I was at. Um, and I still think that if they beat Kentucky, they go on and win the national championship. So again, after, you know, that I had kind of, it, it's hard not to have the 78, 79 Indiana state team as one, but I did not think that this team was that far behind. So I got Dana Altman and the 13, 14 shockers. Good pick. I think that's a great, pick. I, don't have any, uh, I don't have anything bad to say about either of those picks. That was good. That was well done. Um, the only thing that, uh, and I'm curious if you know this off the top of your head, I, I don't know this one, but did what's the farthest Dana Altman went with in the NCAA tournament with a Missouri Valley Creighton team? That was the only knock I had with Dana. I think was he got I th around the 32, wasn't it? Off the, the second, top of, second round. Off the top of my head, I thought they made the Sweet 16 in 2002. Did they no. not? Nope. Mm -mm. No. Only the second round. He made the second round like, oh, like six times, I think. Yeah. I mean, he, that he was my only knock. I mean, he was one of my, he was one or two of my coaches. So I think it's a great pick. 
it's just a round the first round that would be my, the only thing that I would pick on is that while they were a valley team couldn't advance um in the in the NCAA tournament but I love the picks both well, of those were on here's the other board. thing too is that Dan Altman's not going to get back to me by the time it's back around you guys all have two nope. picks between so if I was going to take him I, I had to ho- go ahead and get him he was 100% my At- next pick yeah so all right well um I am actually going to go out because I'm taking the same uh, methodology here with Tony of, I don't think this one's getting back to me. And I think it is so instrumental. Um, And I'm going to take, I'm going to take an arch madness moment and I'm going to take the West Washburn shot in 2016 versus Evansville. It is the only shot that in the championship game that decided the winner it plays a hundred thousand times leading up to Arch Madness. It is cemented in any Arch Madness and Missouri Valley Conference fans' head. I mean, that is a moment that is the most influential um, ever, I think, in Arch Madness. I don't see how it gets topped unless the same thing happens and maybe in overtime. And so I'm gonna take the West Washburn shot. Yeah, there's no there's I think there's that's number one. And I don't think there's a second that you can make an argument for. There I is mean, zero argument for me. That's yeah. for sure. A buzzer beater for the championship on Sunday. Yeah, no way. That's a good pick. Good pick. Now leaving it to me, the uh, the Fighting Bakers are going to go with uh, – also going to go with a coach because I think that um, – I think that the second coach on this list is, is pretty obvious, and this is going to be a begrudging pick as well. Uh, I'm going to go with Greg Marshall at Wichita state. Um, I mean, he made a sweet 16 a couple times. Um, he made a final four. I think he made two sweet 16s. Um, he had the undefeated season. Um, I think he's the clear number two in the coaches category. Um, there's one person you could probably make a case for, but I think it's slight longevity and being, having a team that was ranked way more often. I think that's probably why I would go with Greg Marshall here. So that's gonna be the pick on my board. Greg Marshall. I mean, talk about a polarizing figure in NBC history. I'll say. Holy cow, coming out guns hot with that one. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, we could go on for hours about that guy. Good and bad things, right? But we, we won't necessarily get into that. Good pick, though. Great yeah. coach. Yeah. Is it, it, now you are up for two, Nick. Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm also going to take a coach. And um, this coach – is I think he's gotten lost in the shuffle of history, but if you actually look at what he did um, really in, in his, uh, in his 13 years at, at this school in the Missouri Valley, I honestly think you, you put him really at, at number one or two. Um, and that's Mari John at Drake in 13 years at Drake in three straight years, he took them to a final four and he took them in three consecutive years, a final four and two elite eights back to back to back. Um, he ended up dying of cancer a few years later. Um, he had taken the Iowa State job after that, unfortunately. But you just can't argue what, what he did. I mean, uh, National Coach of the Year 1969, Final Four, two Elite Eights, four, MV, four NBC titles, um, four-time NBC Coach of the Year in, thir- in a 13-year career. I mean, I, I, I don't think you can name any other coach in the league that has gone to three straight tournaments that actually were better than a Sweet 16, a Final Four, and then two straight Elite Eights. Um, if you know who they are, I don't know who they are, 
you know, speak now or forever, hold your peace. But I don't think anybody touches what, what he did um, at Drake in his 13 years. I did not have them on, him on my board, but that's a great pick. Especially now that while you were talking, I was looking up some of his stats and that, that's a legit pick. Yeah. I mean, the 1969 Drake team had four NBA draft picks, one of which was drafted in the NFL and the NBA. I mean, yeah, it, it's uh, so, yeah, and he actually he was also a leader in, in uh, racial integration as well in NCAA basketball as well. So he uh, yeah, I mean, legendary, legendary coach. That I don't think gets enough credit. Awesome. In pick. the college basketball landscape. So um, so I, I've got a coach so far um, and I've got Larry Bird. Uh, geez, arch madness moments. Um, I would have to say, you know, this is, this was, this was a semifinal game and I'm just going to say the most impactful for myself, um, totally just scarred me basically for life, but it was, I think it was 2001. Drake had never been to the semifinals ever, um, in March or in arch madness, and it was Illinois State. Sean Jepson takes an inbounds pass and literally steps a foot and a half out of bounds, hits a three, fading away with the guy draped on him. They beat Drake by one at the buzzer. And, you know, that was 20 years ago, and I'm still not over it, to be honest with you. So that was a legendary shot, and it scarred me for life. So I'm going to take that for my Arch Madness moment. The hell of a shot. Oh, my God. It was he was out of bounds, but, you know, whatever. We didn't have replay back then or, or replay review, but yeah, I mean, that was talk about just a dagger in your heart. The young kid. I think I was, I had to be like 10 years old. Ex- excellent pick. Excellent pick. I thought you Jerry Pollard would never, Jerry Pollard would never let that happen. <laughs> oh, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry lets that happen three or four times a year. All right. So, so for my next pick, I'm also going to go moment. And this is the first time I think I might get flagged in this draft by Vance for for my pick here and this would be the 2020 Friday oh yeah can I have the entire day of Friday okay because we had we had an upset in the very first game where our at-large hopes were dashed with you and I we had probably the most electric arena I've been in in a long time with SIU and Bradley when they were going back and forth that was an insane atmosphere and then, honestly, one of the coolest environments you could have possibly been in when Valpo made that great comeback against Loyola in, in the night game. I mean, that when – I mean, Kaiser literally put that team on his back and him and Fizikas hit probably like four threes in late in that game. And um, that was one of – it was an insane day of just three insane games, one after the other. And then it all went poof when COVID happened a week later. But still, um, mine is the 2020 Friday. That's a pick. Um, I'm there's there's so one person has to. It's not really a moment. Um, no, I think it's a. It, I'm giving it to him because I think that he. There's other days that are more influential, but because there's still a moment out there, uh, Tony, you haven't picked one yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna allow it. Um, I think the day is fine because I think uh, that year means something uh, with the COVID. Uh, and, um, I, I don't think I didn't have it on my board. I don't know if anyone else had it on their board, so I'm going to let it happen, Tony. <laughs> uh, oh, it's to me. Um, let's see here. Um, all right. I am going to take a team here 
And this will be the 2017-2018 Loyola Ramblers, the Final Four team. Uh, most recent notoriety for the Missouri Valley Conference. En route to their, four, their Final Four, they beat Miami, Tennessee, Nevada, Kansas State, and then ultimately losing to the Michigan Wolverines. I believe it was their first three games were decided by a margin of victory of five points total. Um, that's where uh, King Kretlig uh, made his dominance known. And so I'm going to take the final four Loyola Ramblers. I think you missed one. But that's a pick. I had this, I had them fourth on my board, is all I'm saying. Glad you had them on your board, Baker. I did. I did have my oh sorry. My sorry, my moment was a was th- had three moments in one. Oh sorry, it was it was an entire 24 hours. Yeah, no. I'm sorry, was that you I I'm well aware every single one of us on this on this call was there that was an insane day correct it was a blur so yeah. to me it's like so many moments happened it melded into one moment. it was I'll give you that. oh my god two of the biggest upsets and then we had the most back and forth crowd for a, a game at the 230 game with bradley and i say come on guys the i'll the just leave re- it at it was a blur it was a blur of a day nick the the only reason that i'm nitpicking it is because i i wanted the aaron gordon buzzer beater because that's that was like the one of the only true buzzer beaters that I've ever been at at Arch Madness. I was I wasn't able to go to the West Washburn one and just kind of a lot of the other ones I've been to were maybe with like 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 the Deshaun Henry like and one dunk against Southern that year. Like it was late in the game, but it wasn't a buzzer beater. It was like 10, 15 seconds left. So it's that's that's why I'm nitpicking. But all right, Vance gave it to you. So I'm done. I'm not going to complain about it anymore. Um, You're up for two. So. I'll, I'll go here. I'm going to go ahead and take my player. I'm going to go ahead and take the all-time leading scorer in the Missouri Valley Conference, the only player in the Missouri Valley Conference with over 3,000 career points, with 3,008. I'm going to take Percy Hawkins of the Bradley Braves, National Player of the Year in 1988, averaged a career-high 36 points per game 36 points per game his senior year was the sixth overall pick in the nba draft bradley legend number 33 percy hawkins and then great pick third round great third round pick and then going from the absolute high of bradley basketball since i can no longer take aaron gordon as my moment i'm gonna have to go with kind of following along with Nick's uh, lead of Arch Madness moments, and I'm going to have to take the Milton Doyle buzzer beater against Bradley because kind of as Nick's, Nick Nick had some controversy in his with, with mine, it was just absolute gut-wrenching, heart in mouth, just rip out your soul, stupid Milton Doyle, absolutely hate him in a time when Bradley was not at their strongest. And you know what? This was going to be a like somewhat of a salvation of the year. We're going to go down to St. Louis. We're going to get this win and just all just stolen at the last second by Milton Doyle on a 40 foot shot at the buzzer. It's just absolutely sickening, but very, very memorable. If only for a Thursday night game. Was that their first season in the Valley? It was either their first or second. Was it? That was that was kind of their arrival moment. That you know, it's a good one. 
I won't ever forget it because uh, I was actually not there, but I remember the TV broadcast had the most awful view of it because they had the, they had the camera on the baseline on the other end. So he was like so far away. Uh, that's the thing I remember from that buzzer beater, but no, it's a good pick. Very good pick. Um, okay. So I am, I'm torn because I would say I'm by no means scraping the bottom of the barrel, but there's just more of uh, newer Valley fans are going to struggle with a couple of my last picks. So I am going to take, I'm going to go arena. This one, um, this one's uh, going to get a lot of groans from Valley fans. But at the time, I'm going to take Cook Arena, uh, Wichita State Shockers, the Roundhouse. When Wichita State was rolling, that place was darn near impossible to win at. Um, at a time, uh, they, I believe they were a top 10 home court winning advantage um, projected in all of NCAA. Uh, when they were rolling, I attribute that there's probably nothing else to do in Wichita. Uh, but I mean, the roundhouse was always rocking back in the um, in the uh, early to mid two thousands uh, during the height of the Wichita State Shockers. It's a good pick. It was a tough building to win at. You usually knew, uh, especially when Wichita State was really good. If you were going to that building, you were losing. I mean, even if you had a good team. So, um, good pick. Uh, I'm also going to go building uh, on this one, and I think this is just a incredibly biased pick by me. And there's. There's really no other way to shake this, but RBA is going to be the pick. Um, I'm not going to let them get by. Um, I, it's it's home. It's the home arena. I'm not. There's you guys have heard me talk about Redbird Arena enough on this podcast, so um, you guys know my affinity for that building. And um, yeah, it's the right pick here. Baker, I do need to chime in here real quick and just say I picked venue because. I didn't want RBA to come back to me and knew I had to pick it. So that's really why I went there because I hate to say it, but I was going to draft RBA as well. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate it. There is one building. I'm curious if, if the two, the other two of you uh, pick it that I was, that I had as my backup, but we'll, we'll move on that when, uh, when the time comes uh, Nick back to you for two. Yeah, so I'm going to start with an arena, um, and, and much like Wichita, Kansas, there's not much to do in this town either, but I'm going to go with uh, formerly known as SIU Arena, the Banterra Center. Um, that was a place for a long, long time that you saw that come up on the schedule, and you're like, yep, that's that's a loss. You knew that, especially when SIU was at their, their height, um, I would say early 2000s, you know, late 90s. Um, at least in my lifetime, I, you know, I just knew listening to it on the radio or if, if we ever, God forbid, we're on TV, I just knew that we were, we were in for an ass kicking. Um, and Drake never really won much on the road growing up anyways, but that place for, for Burn U, um, was it Sean Brooks? Was that his name? Jamal Tatum, Randall Falker, uh, Darren, Darren Brooks, Darren Brooks, Darren Brooks, uh, Sean Brooks played for Drake. Jeez. Um, but, um, yeah. And then, you know, I just, just players like that, that, you just look back and when that place was rocking at, at its peak, you almost were guaranteed um, that that was going to be an L on your schedule. They almost never lost in that building. Um, I'd like to see it kind of get back to that point. You know, SIU has got to continue to be more consistent, but we know that Carbondale and that university, when, when they're having success, that is a really, really tough place to win in my opinion. So 
No doubt about Great it. Pick. Now you're uh, you're up for team. For your yeah. Pick. So team, you know, I I don't mean to go pro Drake again, but it, this is this is a, <laughs> no no I, I I just I don't mean to do it, but when I when I give you my reasons and I break this down, I I just I have to do it. The 1969 Drake Bulldogs had um, six top 20 wins. Um, they lost to number one UCLA and Lou Alcindor, who was also known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar by three points in the semifinals in the final four. Then they turned around and played number four overall um, seed North Carolina in the consolation game and beat them by 20. So, you know, this is the team that it was a Hall of Fame coach. They sent four guys to the NBA. Not that this matters, but one guy also, you know, to the N- or to the NFL. Um, you know, this is the team that at the time, the Missouri Valley was a national, you know, blue blood powerhouse conference. They went 13 and three. They won the conference 26 and five overall. Um, you know, they finished in the AP poll at number 11. But, you know, again, right. Um, they weren't really expected to do anything that year. I think they kind of got shafted. Certainly were a top uh, five team overall in the country that year. But just from a talent standpoint, coaching, um, and just what they did schedule wise and, and kind of how far they got in the tournament. Um, I, I think for sure that's, that's a top five Valley team of, of all time. Solid pick. I think the one that the one that I was wondering was going to get picked was going to be 2012, 2013, Wichita state, the other final four team. Um, that was the one I was calling you out on Vance. Yep. But yeah, we're up. Uh, let's uh, we got a, only a couple picks left here. Uh, my last one is going to be a player, which is the only one I that I have to pick. Um, I think that the obvious three players have gone, and I think that leaves a lot of different routes I could go. Uh, I did consider Darren Brooks just because um, how dominant of a defensive and you know just a force he was in the valley when he was there. Um, you know, there's a handful of other guys McDermott I thought of as well, but um, I'm going to go with uh, Kyle Corver, a guy who's had a great oh, career yeah. after the Missouri Valley, um, even into the NBA. And just a player that, you know, I'll never forget going to RBA when they came into town because, you know, back in the early 2000s, I know um, that was right around the time SIU went to their first Sweet 16, but um, or I think it was, what was it, 01 you guys went to Sweet 16? And I think right after that was um, when Creighton was ranked like the whole year. And that was like kind of a kind of a first for the Valley was when we had a ranked team like that. And, you know, Kyle Corver led the way. Um, he was an unreal player. Um and, you know, one of the one of the best players I got to see personally, uh, best Valley player I got to see personally in, uh, in person. So I'm uh, going to go with Kyle Corver here. Back to you, uh, Vance. You have a uh, coach to pick. Yep. And for my last one, um, I'm really hoping there's a lot of Valley uh, faithful here that are into the history of the Valley with this one. Uh, so I'm going to take Henry Hank Iba of Oklahoma A&M, now currently Oklahoma State University. Um, he was a coach there from 1934 to 57. Um, he won national titles in 1945 and 46. He's in every Hall of Fame you can think of when it comes to college basketball. I am taking Hank Iba. Very good pick. And, Tony, final pick to you. It is a building. All right. I've got my arena left. And anyone who's uh, familiar with the history and tradition of Bradley basketball knows that there's really one correct answer, and this is the Robertson Memorial Fieldhouse. The Robertson Memorial Fieldhouse is where – the Bradley basketball team played from 1949 until 1982. It was built out of a old airplane hangar. It had an elevated floor of three feet. And the way that it was built, the crowd was basically right onto the floor. They didn't have any 
depth perception behind the baskets on either end. And it was just an absolute nightmare for opposing teams to play. During those 33 years, Bradley had a 400 and 100 record and 80% winning percentage over those 33 years, culminating in that 1982 team that won two games there on route to winning the NIT that year. A team that was snubbed from the NCAA, went on, proved it, won the NIT for the final season in Robertson Memorial Fieldhouse. Wasn't didn't the women play in that building for up the until women, maybe the year women 2000? did continue to play until mid 2000s? That's what I thought. Um, that was a good pick. That's a really good pick. All right, we got through the draft, so let's see what we missed. What was on our boards that we didn't get to? Um, I'll start off and maybe have some of you guys just banter back and forth, and then we'll go around the the, the zoom to see what else is out there. So, um, at least for me, um. I thought Xavier McDaniel could have made a, an appearance in the player category. Um, I didn't have a lot for coach. I thought that we hit the top four that were on my board. Um, for the arena, um, I thought that, you know, if you might go New Age, you might go Ford Center in Evansville because they're hosting some good um, postseason tournaments with uh, uh, D2 and D3. And then also they were hosting the OBC tournament for a while. So they're getting some play on the college basketball scene. Um for the team, I really didn't have anyone um, other than old school. Um, that's kind of goes with mine was uh, I had the 59-60 uh, Cincinnati Bearcats. This would have been Oscar Robertson's senior year where they made a final four and they were 28 and two on the year. Um, the, where it got interesting for me that I thought we'd miss some big ones here was Arch Madness moment. Um, and I was alluding into it with the guys before we uh, were recording that um, if we were going to, if I, I gave out the day, so uh, Baker took the 2020 Friday where we had Upset City and all of our at-large two-bid Valley Hope for Dash. Um, there was an obvious one that I was alluding to, and that was a 2007 semifinal sellout game specifically for this Saluki fan. I love the SIU and Bradley game. Um, and then I have two other SIU-related ones in Arch Madness. Um, also, unfortunately, pertaining to that semifinal is um, – the SIU cheerleader falling off of the pyramid was on my arch madness oh, moment yes. list. Yes. Oh um, my gosh. Not in, obviously not, not in a positive manner, but uh, got some notoriety for arch madness. And yeah, um, we, uh, that's uh, made uh, Chrissy Yamanoka made the rounds to, uh, I, she was on good morning America or uh, the today show the next day. Um, and then that's a good uh, one. The, the other one that I had that we missed was also from a, Homer perspective. Um, I had the SIU three-peat, the only school to do so um, in Arch Madness. Yeah, no, those uh, are those are good. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in right now. Um, the honorable mentions that I had, um, I kind of mentioned it. Darren Brooks was, was the player that I was looking at just because of how dominant he was when he was in the Valley. I know, you know, career didn't make any, it, there's not a ton of waves after the Valley, but as a Valley-specific player, he was one of the best, especially in that um, early 2000s range. Um, I also, for Arch Madness moment, this one's kind of a, kind of a little bit more of a, um, personal story, but, um, one of the first Arch Madnesses I went to, uh, the atmosphere was nuts when, uh, Southwest Missouri state at the time, uh, beat your Salukis. I think it was Oh five, um, beat them on semifinal Saturday, uh, by four. And that, that crowd was insane because Southwest Missouri state went up big. And if, if that game goes two more minutes, Southern Illinois wins that game. Um, I'm fully convinced of that, but that, that, uh, that was crazy. Um, building, 
Um, Robert Stadium, Evansville with the old parquet was one that I had as kind of an honorable mention, but we failed this draft completely because none of us said Enterprise Center. We're all stupid. Oh, uh, which I'm, I, I, yeah, I have them I mean, on mine. We're, we're going with the purity of, t- of schools here, though. You know, it's I mean, still, it's Missouri Valley. We, none of us said Savas Center, the, the Checker Dome, none of these. The Keel so Center. Yeah, the Keel Center. I mean, yeah. We could go on and on. The we Scott failed. Um, exactly. Um, coaches, real quick. Um, one that I was, I was thinking was going to get picked, but didn't Porter Mosier, um, his time in the Valley while short was, was pretty, uh, eventful. He got a lot done, uh, as a coach in Missouri Valley. I think he, uh, I, the, the thing that holds him back is his four years at Illinois state where he was dreadful, but, um, when he was at Loyola, he was really good. Um, Bruce Weber was also someone that I, I had a thought about and, um, a couple other, uh, real quick teams. Uh, 0203 Creighton was the one with Kyle Corver that was ranked pretty much the whole year. They did lose in the first round. Um, the 0405 Southern Illinois, 0607 Southern Illinois, uh, 97 98 Illinois State. I also had on there because any team from Illinois State that found a way to win on Sunday or win a championship at Arch Madness deserves to be mentioned. And then one I was surprised, Nick, you didn't pick was 0708 Drake because that team was. It, they every single big game that mattered in the Missouri Valley that season, they won. And it might not have been the most flashy team at all times, but, I mean, they – Illinois State was really good that year, and Illinois State just couldn't get over the hump. It felt like every time Drake ran into a big game that year, they found a way to get the win. So is, those were all is, my honorable mentions. Is Keno Davis the all-time Missouri Valley <laughs> leader in winning percentage for coach? Has to, oh, has my to God, be. has to be. Has, has to be. be. Has to be. Yeah, I, I, didn't, That's an awesome I, didn't want be, I didn't want to be too Drakey, even though I picked two Drake things and then an Illinois State moment that, it, you know, was at the expense of Drake. But specifically, I was not going to pick the 2008 Drake team because um, I didn't really want to be a homer. And I mean, you really can't compare them to the 69 team. But yeah, I mean, they finished, I think, 14th overall in the AP poll. And, yeah. you know, other, other than the fact that, you know, Western Kentucky hit that shot, I mean, that By team Rogers. was... Yeah, that team should have been uh, should have been a three seed, and they got a five. I mean, resume wise, Crimin- criminally, because you 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 guys that year went to Butler, right? Correct. Yeah, bracket buster game. Butler was number eight in the country, right, I think, yeah. at the time. And I remember that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I gambling wasn't wasn't you know widely um, accepted at the time, but I'm pretty sure the spread would have been like Butler, like minus like five and a half, six, like it really wasn't supposed to be a great game. And yeah, that, that team, that team was just, they were winners, man. That was crazy. Yeah. They were one of the deepest starting lineups ever. Did you have, uh, do you have any other honorable mentions that we missed out on here? Um, no, I mean, I would have said 2006, 2007, Southern Illinois. That was, that was definitely a team that was near and dear to my heart. Jamal Tatum, Randall Falker, Matt Shaw, uh, Brian, Brian Mullins, of course, uh, man. I mean, that was a special special team finished 14th in the AP poll 29 and seven overall NBC champions uh man that was that was a special team but uh I would say I wish I you know I wish this was an arch madness moment but I'm gonna say something kind of um off off here a little bit but Ollie for Oakmanesh you and I what year was that 2009 yeah Kansas I know it wasn't arch madness but for me in my lifetime like that was that shot was one of the biggest MVC moments of my lifetime. That was incredible, but not, not an Arch Madness moment, but something that just when we were doing this came to mind that if I didn't mention, I think would just be criminal. You know, what's so, crazy about that, about that shot is 
didn't he hit a he hit a buzzer or buzzer it might not have been a buzzer beer but he shot hit a shot with like two seconds left two nights earlier against UNLV which yeah people forget all about that which is insane but that's an awesome moment because yeah I mean especially when you think of Missouri Valley moments Ali Froakmanesh comes to mind yeah was not a was not an Arch Madness moment but that was an all-time NBC moment but but yeah and then we we talked about um and we talked about 2012 Wichita State. Um, so 2012 Wichita State, and then you know 2007 SIU. Um, God, other than that, I mean, you guys have pretty much nailed um, everyone that I pretty much had or that I was thinking of. But yeah, just felt like I need to mention the Ollie for Oakmanesh three pointer against Kansas. Not an Arch Madness moment, but an MVC moment all time in our lifetimes that I think everybody would probably have number one overall. And if you don't, I would love to hear what that is. Well said. Well said. Tony, did we miss anything on your end? So I just got, I don't think we missed anything glaring. I got a couple. We kind of, we touched on the 2012-2013 Wichita team. Uh, I did have Enterprise Center on my list. They were, they were my backup in case one of you somehow was going to throw Robertson Fieldhouse out there, which I was not expecting. So I wasn't super worried about that. Um, if we're looking at the numbers, I, I, I probably wouldn't have ever picked him, but I think that Ben Jacobson is worth mentioning for honorable mention just with his longevity. And he's, he's up there with the wins and he's won some championships and, you know, he's, he's a step below, you know, the coaches that we've had, but I, I think that he's at least worth an honorable mention. Um, another coach that I've, I, I definitely, I, there was so much of me that wanted to pick him, but I couldn't do it is I would have wanted to pick Barry Henson. Just because yeah. it's very oh, man. I I don't think I ever could have done it, but I, I would have really wanted to. Um, Legend. And then some some random Bradley ones. The 81-82 Bradley team that won the NIT. The 87-88 Bradley team that uh, Hersey Hawkins was on. Um, and then Bradley has, at least that I know of, I, I hope I'm not missing one, Deion Jackson and Will Franklin both hit virtual buzzer beaters at Arch Madness. Deion Jackson was in 96. Will Franklin was in 07, I think, um, against Northern Iowa. Um, Dante Thomas had a, a putback against Drake in 2017 or 18. That was fun. Um, and then the moment that I wanted to pick but couldn't because I already had two Bradley picks was 2020 Sunday Bradley Championship, Daryl Brown getting the MVP chance from – a guy that played four years at Bradley committed to Bradley uh, when we were coming off a five win season, had the opportunity to transfer, but didn't, we won the 2019 championship, but he didn't play very well and didn't win the MVP. And, you know, Daryl Brown had, you know, kind of made it known that he wanted some of his accolades and he wanted his respect and, and he got it in 2020 and he went out and earned it. And for me, I mean, I know a lot of the other Valley fans won't care as much about that, but, for me, that was just a really cool moment, you know, being being there and being a part of those chants and then watching him kind of come off and just seeing what it meant to him personally and and as a team, kind of validating everything that that team thought that they could be winning that championship. The all-time greats of the Missouri Valley. Um, one of my so, favorite players, even though he went, he did play for Bradley. So, um, Vance, kick it back to you. Yeah, so I had one uh, discussion item that I did want to ask is um, I had a side convo on this one, but if Creighton is in the Valley for his senior year, is Doug McDermott drafted? Yes. Yes. 
Yeah. 100%. Yes. 100%. That's, and that was going to be my biggest thing is if someone drafted Doug McDermott was going to be, he didn't play a senior year in the Valley. And so I just want to throw that up there that I had that locked and loaded. Can I, can I throw oh, out yeah. one, can I throw out one quick hypothetical based on what Tony said? Um, he said, Barry Henson, if Barry Henson wins an arch madness, is he picked on this? Probably not. Not over, no. not over these guys. He's certainly his case certainly is better one though. of the best. He's one of the best characters ever in the Valley. And, you know, I say that with a lot of sincerity. Like a lot of times I say things about Barry Henson tongue in cheek, but I respect Barry Henson. Oh, like, man. Barry Henson actually did a, a lot of great things in the conference. He never really could get over the hump, but he was entertaining. He was genuine. He was um, one of those guys that just said what he was thinking, like the the epic SIU rant after the was it after Murray State? It was Vance? Murray. Yeah, my wife. I know my wife could <laughs> score to, uh, you know X number of points because at least she knows how to shot big. I mean, like that that press conference was was all time. I mean, it was incredible. You know, the press conference for me with with Barry Henson um, that was the one that I think that turned the corner for me on him was his last one. Um, you could tell that was a guy who gave a crap and, you know, you say what you will about Barry Henson's time in the Valley, but like his emotions after, after they lost that Friday night game, um, which I know, you know, everybody was upset about it. They, they weren't happy. They weren't able to get it, over, get it done against Northern Iowa, but I mean, he knew it was over and you could tell how much it meant to him. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad you shouted him out, Tony. Because I think he gets lost in the shuffle a lot, especially because he didn't win in yeah. March Madness or get to a tournament, even though yeah. he definitely deserved to. I think I don't even remember what year it was that Blake Ahern team that was like 22nd in the RPI. That was oh, that was that, 2006 because that was that the was year the four Valley teams got in. Was that 06? Should have yeah. been five. Yeah, it should have okay. been five. And they got they that was criminal that they got That's left right. out. That was bad. Um, I have one more player actually that I, I think we've forgotten. I. I can't believe I'm just now mentioning him. Did nobody take Xavier McDaniel from Wichita State? That's correct. I brought him up uh, in honorable mention. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is, okay. He was, he was criminal. Yeah. I, not criminally. I mean, I thought that he would be, he'd be five, I would think, off the, off the board. Yeah. I mean, he's certainly, you know, if, if, if we were to put together an all time starting five and we really got into the nitty gritty, I, I think he's, I think he's right there. You know, I mean, you can yeah. certainly make a case for a bunch of guys like, you know, four or five and beyond, like that can take that spot. But that's a guy, I mean, he was for everything he did in the conference, he was also selected fourth overall in the NBA draft. Like he was a pretty special talent. So you can make, yeah. you can make a case over for him over Kyle Corver. I, I think a pretty strong case. But yeah. if there's two or three more people in this draft, Xavier McDaniel's getting picked 100%. Oh, yeah. And, and, and that's, and that's no slight to Kyle Corver because Kyle Corver, I mean, He's sustained a, a very, very long NBA career, very successful career, all-time great NBA shooter. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, that's a guy that I, 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 I'm not sneezing at that pick at all. And that's a great no doubt. pick. No doubt. That's been a fun draft, though. All right, Valley fans, we are going to go through the gauntlet. We have Nick and Tony still on the line here with Vance and I. And uh, we are going to get started here with the gauntlet. So uh, without further ado, question number one, uh, when this team does not play your team, your favorite team, who will you cheer for the most? Murray State, Illinois, Chicago, or Belmont? Illinois, Chicago. 
This is Vance. <laughs> Thank you, Vance. <laughs> Nick, who you got? Oh, I, I got to say Illinois Chicago as well. I think Belmont's too similar to Drake. Murray State is a very passionate and fiery fan base. So um, in all fun and games, I know I'm going to hate them with a passion. So um, got to go with UIC. Tony. I think I, I think I say Murray State because I think Murray State probably immediately has the best chance at an at-large. So if, I'm, if I have to pick one independently, I'm probably rooting for them. Fair enough. I, I think Illinois Chicago is the answer here. It just, if nothing else, based on the mascot. Um, all right. So here is the, here's a question that kind of piggybacks on the, on the back of this, as we've all been Valley fans for a long time, which if you, if, if say, you know, for you, Tony Bradley left the league or Drake left the league for you, Nick, or Southern Illinois left for you, Vance, who would be your favorite team in the Missouri Valley conference? Vance, go ahead. Uh, mine would be the Drake Bulldogs. Let's Nick. go. <laughs> Nick, go ahead. Drake's leaving the league. Who's your favorite Valley team? Oh, shoot. Uh, I would have to say. Northern Iowa. Hell no. Yeah, uh, probably Evansville because I have a soft spot, spot for the T-shirts, and they've been so down for so long that I, I would love to see them have a resurgence. Evansville. Love it. Love it. Tony. I, I think I'd also say Evansville. Just I, I feel like. As a Bradley fan, I feel like Evansville has snake bit me the least over the years. <laughs> and so I have like the least hatred for them. And it's like, especially over the past couple of years, it's just like I'm rooting for them every game, wanting them to win, to be better. And so it's, I, I think I'd probably say them. I like it. I think that for me, it would be Drake and then one B would be Evansville for sure. So those are definitely the right, the right choices here. Uh, number three, you're going to make you guys think a little bit. Of the realistic options out there for the Missouri Valley Conference, let's say you're Jeff Jackson, you've, you've got the reins here, uh, who would be your next addition that you would personally add of the realistic options out there for a 13th team? Vance. The Wichita State Shockers. I think that's an interesting pick. Nick, go ahead. So I would say Wichita, but I also, you know, just to spite them, you know, because they left. I'm like a scorned lover. I'm not going to say Wichita. You can go back, you know, after the breakup, Vance, if you're into that kind of thing. I will not. Um, South Dakota State, 100%. Great, great athletics all the way around, athletic department. They are within the regional footprint. They connect to the state of Iowa. Um, a really successful basketball program over the last, you know, 15 years or so. South Dakota State. And they got an awesome mascot, the Jackrabbits. Tony, who are you adding? Um, I don't know how realistic it is, but can I say St. Louis? I mean, yeah, I think that's, it's, yeah, it's, it's where Valley headquarters are located, you know, geographically makes a ton of sense. It's, I mean, they're already, they're playing, I think two or three Valley schools in the non-conference this year. I, I, I think St. Louis is the play if we, if we had a shot to get them. All right, here comes another one. Um, and in kind of an interesting thought that I had the other day, uh, Vance and I were talking about, um, and so we're like looking 10 years into the future here. Um, what is more likely in your opinion, the MVC becoming a super mid major conference or the MVC not existing as a, in the D one spectrum as, a, as they are today, what do you think is more likely Vance? What do you think? Uh, Baker, can you repeat the time frame? Again? 10 years, 10 years from now, 2032, 
are we sitting here as a more powerful mid-major? Have we done, have we added teams? Have we become kind of what a quote unquote super mid-major staying kind of relevant in that D one spectrum? Um, where is, I, I would, I would say that that scenario leads us to, you know, there's maybe about five or six on the, on that kind of a 10 mountain West footing, or is the Valley not even relevant in the D one spectrum uh, as we know it? What do you think is more likely? 10 years, I'm going to take the contrarian uh, point of view here, and I'm going to say uh, the NCAA tournament does not exist in its current form. Oh, interesting. So to, to answer your question, uh, non-existent. So not as much about what the Valley did or didn't do, but just based on how the NCAA would change. Got it. Correct. Got it. Uh, Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I don't totally disagree with that, Vance. Um I, I would say the only thing that the MDC in all of its forms somehow, some way that they're like a cockroach, right? Like uh, apocalypse happens, atomic bomb goes off and somehow the Valley just gets up and just keeps moving forward. And, you know, we're kind of seeing that right now, adding Murray Belmont UIC has the huge athletics uh, budget. So I, I somewhat agree with what you're saying because of kind of the climate of what's happening in the NCAA. But I, I think I think we would have a I think the Valley would have a better shot at being a, a mid-major super conference. Right now, there's really only three leagues that I would say are peer leagues, and that is or two other leagues that are peer leagues. Um, I, I would say that's the A10 in the Mountain West. I'm not going to count the WCC because without Gonzaga, the WCC, in my opinion, is uh, a few rungs below. So um, I think. Right now, we're, we're seeing the NBC trying to be proactive and get out in front of that. We're at 12 teams now. I could see the NBC being 14 or 16 teams um, within the next decade to try to offset that. So I'm going to say superpower. No, that's good answers. I mean, uh, Missouri Valley has been a very resilient league over the years. Tony, what do you think? Yeah, kind of to Vance's point with, you know, if the NCAA tournament's going to change format, that's going to depend a lot on what the big conferences do and if they're going to defect or whatever. But how, however, that's going to play out and affect the Valley. I, I don't think that it's going to kill the Valley off. I think that the Valley has been relevant for over a hundred years. I don't think that the Valley is going anywhere, you know, de depending what happens with the NCAA tournament, maybe we're not playing for what we, you know, once used to be playing for, but I, I don't think that we're going anywhere. I think that we have enough programs committed. I don't think that this is going to, fall apart anytime soon. So I think kind of de facto, I'd say more likely to be a superpower, more likely to add a South Dakota state or a St. Louis, or, you know, like an oral Roberts or, you know, a couple other teams get up to 15, 16 teams is probably more likely than falling apart. Yeah. And I think the one thing that um, when I was thinking about this, that I think is to our advantage is the fact that like the big East is a very powerful conference in college basketball but have no footprint in college football and, you know, the Villanova's the Yukon's now they're, they're going to stay and play for the national championship. So I think having a few of those leagues out there, you know, with the a 10 and the mountain West, I think us, you know, be positioning ourselves as a uh, hopefully a top 10 league year in year out, I think is, is going to be the thing that's going to help with longevity uh, going forward. All right. Uh, here comes a fun one for you guys. Uh, which team do you dislike more now? Loyola or Wichita State? Vance. Ooh, great question here, Baker. Um, Wichita State. 
significantly over Loyola, and it has everything to do in the manner in which they left the Valley. Very good. Nick, where you at? Yeah, so I, I, you know, I was going to say Wichita, and I, I really, you know, do hate them for a multitude of reasons, but Wichita earned the right to essentially shop themselves and shop around and, and go where they want to go. Um, Loyola's success is very newfound. Their fan base, in my opinion, um, for the amount of success they've had recently, still really is not very impressive in, in the, uh, you know, the national poll that they have. But the way that Loyola views themselves as a program, I think, is very inflated compared to what reality really actually is. Um, newfound success. And I, I just feel like there's just a certain arrogance there that an entitlement there that I don't think they've earned yet as a program and as a fan base. So I'm going to have to say, well, especially Ooh. after them, them leaving and basically made a lateral move, in my opinion. Very good. Very good. So we got a split vote. Where are you at, Tony? Loyola. <laughs> Is there any recency bias there? Shocker. <laughs> no, no recency bias whatsoever. All objective. <laughs> All right. Well, I 100% would be Wichita State on this one, but um, I can definitely see where the Loyola dislike comes from. Uh, here's a fun one for you guys. Uh, which team has the best Twitter fan base or presence in the Missouri Valley Conference? Vance, go ahead. This is ridiculous. What are we here to like stroke Tony's ego? Um, you going to say Bradley? I, will, I am going to say Bradley. Um, and I mean that in the best and the worst way, Tony. Um, I think they have the most um, presence from a fan base. Um, it has nothing to do with like what the institution is putting out from a fan base. They are the most uh, rabid on Twitter um, message boards would be a different conversation, but Twitter alone, it's Bradley. Very good. Nick, where are you at with this one? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I use the word best, but certainly the, the most ferocious um, <laughs> on social media would, would be Bradley. I, I've had quite a few conversations um, even if with our buddy Tony here that uh, have been pretty colorful, all in good fun, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, that fan base is just something else when they, when they get on the keyboards and get on their phones. So I would say Bradley. Tony, I'm not going to make you say Bradley because I know that's probably who you're thinking. Tell me a different team that would, you would put up there with. Bradley. Oh, I have to pick someone else. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, maybe Murray State. Murray State's been pretty active so far initially. I mean, may, maybe I'm off base on that because I've only been in the conference for, you know, three weeks so far. But I I feel like from all initial impressions, I feel like they're they're going to have a presence on social media. I agree. I think I think you nailed it with that. The other two I would have, I would have said, obviously, I'm biased, but I think when Illinois State's good, the Illinois State presence will be a little stronger. And another one, um, Northern Iowa. Um, I don't think there's another fan base on Twitter that uh, will go to bat for Ben Jacobson on literally anything he does. And I'd love for <laughs> you guys can all check my DMS on that one. Cause is there a plenty, word, plenty. You, is there, is there a word you would use for that delusion? Well, <laughs> or, uh... it's passionate. It's passionate. You don't want to get me in any more trouble than I am with the Northern Iowa folks. Yeah. Um, all right. This is going to be, this is an interesting question. I, uh, I'm going to make you guys think about the 2022, 2023 season. At the end of the 22-23 season, the player of the year in the Missouri Valley Conference will be Vance. Um, oh, uh, Tucker DeVries. Nick. Tucker DeVries, and it'll be unanimous. 
Tony? Rank mast. <laughs> you you guys laugh. Play it back. Play it back. We will play. Eight, eight months from now. Rank mast. We are laughing. <laughs> oh, bless you, Tony. Uh, I think the answer is Tucker DeVries. And I, I think I've said that enough last year at the end of the podcast, but um, we'll, we'll leave that for another time. Uh, here's one that Vance and I have debated for a while. Um, that uh wonder if you know based on other information you've heard does your answer change or how it's evolved over the years do you prefer sunday afternoon on cbs or monday night on espn for an arch madness final vance uh sunday night on cbs uh just cbs is college basketball so that is uh, a no-brainer in my mind nick CBS Sunday, people are, you know, obviously uh, not working on a Sunday unless you're me uh, doing real estate. But um, yeah, Sunday, CBS, home of college basketball. People have a lot more disposable time on Sundays. And not only that, but um, it's it's also a local network across the country. So it has to be CBS. Tony. Baker, I'm assuming that if it was Monday, there would be an off day on Sunday. Or would you play... Uh, so you could do you could do it either way, but I think it's just generally based on eyeballs and based on just preference of exposure for the league. Yeah, I I, I still think I lean Sunday. Um, especially if there's the off day on Sunday, then absolutely not Monday because everyone's just going to leave and go home, and then yeah. the atmosphere won't be nearly what it could be in the arena. And just kind of it's it's this yeah it's the Sunday afternoon national TV spot. Um, and I think, you know, the Valley's had that spot for as long as I can remember. I don't, I don't see any reason to need to change it. It's been since, I think it was 06, 06, 05, I think was right around the time they started doing that. Um, I, I, I'm, I know this is my hill to die on, and this is the one that I'm alone on, but I am Monday night on ESPN. And I think the reason being for me is, um, and most people at this point have access to ESPN. So the local is not quite the issue. And I think there is something to the idea that you're the showcase game on a Monday night on ESPN. Like they used to have it. It was the 8 PM game on ESPN uh, on, on Monday night. And the other thing to think about all the major power conferences are gearing up for their conference tournaments, which start Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So you are literally the only game in town. You know, there's, there might be the random NBA or NHL, but you are literally the big game of the night on ESPN. So I think there's something to that, but I know I'm, I'm on my, I'm alone on that hill. Um, I like it though. It's, I mean, I mean it's a good angle. I mean, I, yeah. I like that. No, I, th- I mean, I, just, I don't know. It, it's just, I, maybe, I, maybe it's uh, how I grew up too. Who knows? Um, all right. Here's, here's a off on, were you going to say something, Tony? I was going to say it's that kind of, it leads me into the rest of the tournament too, though. Cause it's, if you're playing on Monday, it backs everything up a little bit playing that, you know, the Thursday through Sunday, I remember the Friday last year, there were only like 12 games in the country and the Valley had four of them. Like we owned that Friday. I think the Bradley Loyola game was literally the highest ranked game of the day. So it's, you get that, you get the Sunday exposure, which arguably could be better or worse than Monday night, but you get the better exposure on Friday and Saturday too. No, that's fair. I, to me, I don't like being sandwiched between, you know, like two big 10 games on CBS. Cause it feels like at that one o'clock, you got the 11 o'clock, whatever that game is. And then you got a three o'clock game. I don't know. That's just me. I know it's better for the league to be on national TV, but I'll, I'll leave it for that. 
leave that one for later. All right, two probably the two toughest questions are my my last two here. This is question number ten. Uh, here's a hypothetical for you guys. All right, Arch Madness has to leave St. Louis temporarily for one season and one season only. You pick you pick the venue that you, we will go to for one time only year. Vance. Um, it's going back to St. Louis at, for every year after. It's, this is literally one and done. This is because we can't get into the building for some reason. We can pick any other building in the country to go to. Lockout. Um, I don't think I don't know if I have the updated name. Um, maybe someone can clean me up here, but Banker's Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. Okay. Wherever the paper was. Good. So you kept you kept it semi-local. Uh, Nick, where you at? Man, that's that's a great pick. I think it's Gainbridge Fieldhouse now, but that's a great pick. Uh, shoot, you know, I, you know, I hate to have a good time. So, um, why not go play in the Thomas and Mack center or go play in, uh, or T-Mobile arena, uh, in Vegas for a year. I mean, you know, you know where to find me in the sports book, you know, I'm gambling and, and just going probably 75% on the day on my picks. Um, but you know, I, I would say Vegas, let's party. I like it. Tony, where are we yeah. partying at? Yeah, ba- Baker, I already know where you're going with this too. So I'm, I, I'm even going to kind of piggyback off Nick's point. I, I'm taking Nashville. If, if you're going to give me, okay, I, I Bridgest- still Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. I, I still want to keep it local. I still want to keep it regional. No doubt, Vegas would be a blast for you know for super fans like us. Mm-hmm. But if it's out in Vegas, you're going to lose 70, 80 percent of the people that are going to go. And, and I think that keeping keeping the Arch Madness at, or I guess it wouldn't be Arch Madness if we're moving it, keeping the Missouri Valley tournament atmosphere close enough where people can drive is worth the amount of fun that we would potentially have in Vegas. So I, I, I would say Nashville. Na- Nashville's oh. a re- Nashville is a really good pick, and that would probably be my second pick. But I am actually with Nick, as most of you all know. Uh, Las Vegas is my pick. I would actually go to uh, a smaller building like an MGM Grand where – I believe if if we had enough time in advance, like say we knew eight nine months in advance of this, that we couldn't go to St. Louis, I think people I think they would pack that building because I think it's only five or six thousand people go into that building. I really think if you knew that this was a one time thing, the Valley teams are going to Vegas to play in in their conference tournament. I really do believe that you could pack that building for sure. Yeah, but yep. um, you know, obviously Nick and I are the only smart ones on this call. Um, all right, the final boss. Here we go. I am looking for you guys to give me your uh, way, way too early hottest take for the upcoming Missouri Valley Conference season. And I am going to do. I'm going to start it so I can give you guys a couple of seconds to think, uh, think through what your your hottest take is going to be. Um, I am going to say that. And it is kind of goes off something we said earlier. I think Tucker DeVries will be the preseason and the post will be the preseason, the regular season and the postseason player of the year, sweeping all three player of the year awards. Wow. Wow. Oh my. Vance. I, yeah. Um, Missouri Valley will have two teams in the NCAA tournament. Any two that you have in mind? Just for fun. Um, it's a hot take. Give me two. 
Drake and the Southern Illinois Salukis. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. It's not, it's not unreasonable. Wow. Not unreasonable. Oh, Southern Illinois can definitely can definitely go win it at Arch Madness for sure. Um, Nick, where are you at? Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, you, you took my hot take, but uh, I, I, would add, I would add on to your hot take and say um, his father, Darren DeVries, is probably going to win Coach of the Year, too, if Drake takes care of business and does what they're expected to do. But I would say probably my hot take, um, we're going to be a multi-bid league. I agree with Vance. But I, I think – Missouri State does not finish in the top three this year, and that's with the top recruiting class coming in. That's with a ton of talent coming in uh, in the transfer portal. I don't think Missouri State finishes in the top three, possibly top four in the conference this year. And they'll probably be picked third. They'll probably be picked third behind SIU. Interesting. Interesting. Tony. So, Nick, your hot take is that Dana Ford doesn't get the job done? Well, Dana Ford's been picked to Dana Ford's been picked to win the league before multiple times, not coming through. But I mean, when has Dana Ford finished outside of the top four in the league? How many times has that been? Look it up. He's going to look it up. I, I think he's been in the top four every year. I think he's he? only been in the league four years. So three. And out I think of four. he's been in the top four every single three year. Out, right? Three out of four. Three out of four. Three out of four. Okay. Yeah. So I think this is a year where with, you know, a couple of new faces coming in, um, 12 teams, schedules, you know, without the round robin, I, I, I think uh, I think they stumble. Fair enough. Fair enough. Tony, what's your hot take for the year? Oh, Baker, I hate this question because you're going to make me say it. And, you know, oh, if, God. if you've if you've no, this is this is good. If you followed me for a while, you know, I've had some some opinions on northern Iowa and some of the players that they have. But. Now that AJ Green is gone, I'm going to say that Bowen Bourne is going to be an all-conference player this year. Oh, wow. Like first team? He's he's going to make an all-conference team. So okay. first through third. Okay. This is okay. this this is this is Bowen Bourne's team now. He's interesting. He's, he's I don't need that. He's he's been behind AJ Green the past couple years. He, he got to play as a freshman when AJ got hurt, but that was, he was still just a freshman kind of learning the game, got an increased role last year, but with AJ back, he kind of didn't get as many shots, didn't have the ball in his hands as much. This I've, I've, I've said some things about bone born over the years, but this is, this is bone born's team. Now third, third year, sophomore bone born <laughs> all conference team. I actually like that. a lot. Are they going to change it on their website? It's they're do, it's the same again. They have them listed as a sophomore. <laughs> I hate when they do that. Shout out to the UNI uh, web person because they need to let's let's switch up the uh, the class there. In, um, Indiana State does it too. Yeah, it drives us. It, I think you and I were texting about that last year. You know, just uh, just kind of finish us off as you guys were talking there. One other take that I had that I that I've been kind of stewing on. Um, I and it kind of piggybacks off what you said, Nick. I think Missouri State and Northern Iowa will both be playing on Thursday. Well, 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 Thursday is different this year. It is different. It is different. But, but that means they're both said, finishing outside. Yeah, basically, top I four. said Missouri State's on Thursday. Yeah. Is what they're I basically what I'm saying is that they're going to both be playing on Thursday. Yeah. Because I, yeah. in my opinion, I think that the top three are locked up. Wow. So I, that's another good one. I like that. But Tony, I'm going to wait, I'm gonna wait for the listeners on the top three. 
Tony, you surprised me. I thought you were going to say rank mass player of the year. I, I thought for sure that was what your hot take was going to be. Well, I mean, I've already, you know, stamped my ground there. <laughs> so it's, I can't really, I can't repeat myself besides very, that's, that's, that's not really that hot of a take. Very, sh- very shaky ground in my opinion, but who knows? Maybe in an alternate universe. No, it's uh, that was fun, guys. I, I appreciate you guys going through that and being good sports about it and uh, not knowing any of the questions ahead of time, which is what I wanted. Um, real quick before we let you guys uh, get out of here, I'm gonna let you guys uh, plug your Twitter. Uh, final comments, Nick. Go ahead. Yeah, no. Um, you know, feel free to give me a follow at Nick McCarger. Um, my handle is Nick McCarger on Twitter. But I just appreciate you guys having me on. You know, I love talking Valley hoops, um, shooting the bowl, and just having a good time and. Um, you know, obviously we've developed a relationship over, over the past few years and it's always great going to RBA and, um, you know, getting, going to Peoria on the road and having you guys in town and then meeting up in St. Louis. So, you know, we're all passionate. So I just appreciate you having me on and let's, let's have a great year. Yeah. And Tony, where can they, uh, where can everybody find you? Yeah. You can find me at T 11 on Twitter. Um, and just echoing everything that Nick said, it's kind of, Great to be talking basketball again. We're season's only a couple months away. Can't wait to see the schedule come out and pick which weekends I might be able to go to ISU or Drake or Southern and hang out with you guys. Or, you know, hopefully Bradley gets Belmont on a Saturday this year. So, you know, picking picking the road conference games to go to is going to be fun. And it's just kind of it's great, great to be talking basketball. That's awesome. Thank you guys both for coming on the show today. Um, Valley fans out there, they're definitely worth the follow. Uh, both of them are very passionate about their uh, their teams, but also passionate about the Valley, which is what we love. And uh, so you guys will definitely see them down in St. Louis. But uh, I think it's time to wrap this thing up, Vance. Um, we do have a couple of uh, we got a couple of interviews in the uh, in the can already uh, that we're ready. To, we will release on a couple of future episodes. We got a few plans on uh, for Vance and I. Uh, so you guys are going to start seeing seeing us pop up here in the next couple of weeks or month uh, with some fun shows leading up into our previews. But uh, you can find us on Twitter at March Arch Pod, at March Arch Baker. MarchTheArchPodcast.com is our website. And, uh, yeah, uh, it has been great to get back in the flow and uh, talking some Valley Hoops fans. Absolutely. And, as always, go Valley. Start talking about the Valley. Why not? <laughs>